Queen Elizabeth II's coffin remains at Buckingham Palace ahead of a procession to Westminster Hall. Princes William and Harry, along with King Charles III, will walk behind the coffin. Guns will be fired at Hyde Park and Big Ben will toll. Large queues are forming along the banks of the River Thames at the moment as people wait for the Queen's lying in state to begin. And the traffic's at a standstill in various parts of London. Paul Thomas of Paul Thomas Flowers is making his way to an interview about the floral arrangements he provided for the Queen and her family over two decades. I'm currently on my way to ITV television studios to talk about um, my work with the Queen. Um, I've been her florist, well, I've done flowers for her for many years. And uh, so I'm taking a whole loads of flowers that she would have loved and just talking about those. So that's that's what I'm doing this morning. Oh, how wonderful. So the car's full of them. Yeah, Yeah, I'm surrounded by roses and heather and lilies and delphiniums. (laughs) Oh, how beautiful. Oh, please talk us through them. So uh, Lily of the Valley, um, we're talking about the poem that Simon Armitage has penned for the Queen, the Poet Laureate. So you have Lily of the Valley? Yes. Uh, we, well, no, we haven't got Lily of the Valley because it, it isn't in season at all. Um, and uh, you can normally buy it out of season, but that you just cannot get it at the moment for love nor money. Um, but I, I know it was her real favourite. Yeah, yeah. Sadly, her two favourites, because her other favourite was a Narcissus um, called Cheerfulness. It was a, just a lovely English Narcissus grown in the Channel Islands. And um, we can't get that either, obviously, because it's a spring flower and uh, we're in the autumn. What colour roses do you have? Um, I bought two roses this morning, one pale pink uh, to sort of look a little bit like there there is a a rose called the Queen Elizabeth Rose. um, So it looks very similar to that. And then I saw another one, which... It was a most lovely sort of lemon and pink. And I just thought, oh, that just reminds me of the clothes and the colours that she wears. So I, I bought that as well. Paula, how did your association with the, the royal family come about? Um, I have worked with her cousin, who sadly died uh, during COVID. Her cousin, Lady Elizabeth Hansen, was uh, a party planner. And I had been doing quite a lot of parties with her. And she used to organise all the Queen's parties. So um, in 2000, we had this historic moment where the Queen Mother was 100, but it was also Prince Andrew's 40th, I think, um, Anne's 50th or 60th, and Princess Margaret's 70th. So they had what was called the Decades Ball, and Lady Elizabeth was asked to organise it. So brought brought us in to do the flowers, and uh, that was the first time... I met her and we we discussed what we were going to do and then uh, subsequently did the flowers for it, which was the start of of many other um, occasions. So it was wonderful. When you say you met her, you mean you met the Queen? Yes, yes. Um, It was kind of terrifying. Um, Just standing there in the crimson drawing room in, in Windsor Castle waiting and then Suddenly, three little corgis walked in. <laughs> Honestly, it really was as you expect. And, and but then she walked in, and I remember she was just wearing a tweed skirt and a cardigan and looked so relaxed. And um, she was really happy and cracking jokes. And although 
that when you meet her, it is always formal because you bow and, and say your majesty. Immediately after that, she puts you at your ease. And yeah, it was we were just organising a party and she was very involved. It was lovely. She's obviously impressed by the floral arrangements, which they're stunning, just so beautiful. Oh, thank you. Where do you source your flowers? I buy nearly everything from the flower market in London, um, New Covent Garden. Um, I, I go almost every day. In fact, I've been running around the market like a mad thing, first thing this morning, trying to find all these bits and pieces. Um, so, yeah, I, I try and get everything from the flower market. But when we do... Um, uh, events for the royal family um, they are really resourceful and give us permission to have foliage cut from their gardens so um, I've got to know the head gardener at Windsor who um, when we've done various uh, wedding receptions or whatever um, we've been given the most amazing foliage um, stuff that I would never normally get to use that's so, incredible. Yeah, it's always been that. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, so you provided flowers for the residences, um, different events. What about yeah. things like posies yeah. and a bouquet on a table, that sort of thing? Or are they much larger than that? No, I've done that as well. I've done uh, dinners. In fact, the last event that I did for Her Majesty was a private dinner, and uh, it was a table entirely of the cheerfulness narcissi. Um, it was in March 2020, just before we went into lockdown. And um, it was a very, very grand table with masses of silver gilt and this beautiful, humble English spring flower. And we just used that throughout. And uh, it was so pretty. Who provides the vases and, and that sort of thing? Are you, are you given a list of what you can use or do you bring those in? Um, it, it, it depends entirely what you're working on. Um, that was a private in the throne for her. So that was a client's own containers. When we did, we did the platinum wedding anniversary for her and the Duke of Edinburgh. And on that occasion, I bought my own containers because they were more practical for, for what we were doing. It, it entirely depends on what the event is. And what would be the flower of choice for a platinum anniversary? Well, that was that was an interesting one because it was, I think, I think it was in October, if I remember rightly, and um, we didn't use any flowers at all. Uh, again, it was very resourceful because um, you know the the Queen has always been quite careful, not not super extravagant, so uh, looks to us not to go crazy um, spending a fortune on flowers. So on that occasion, I used very very tall glass vases um, which lifted um, what was above out of everyone's eye line and um, I used all autumnal leaves so they it was like they were sitting underneath an autumn tree. Oh how beautiful, that must have been amazing. It was so lovely, it was so lovely and it sat on a, a mirror base on the table and then on the edge of the mirror all the way round we dressed it with um, little crab apples, little pears autumn leaves, chestnuts and conkers that her grandchildren had collected and uh, little nightlights. So no flowers at all, but, uh, you know, natural, beautiful autumn uh, fruits and leaves. You have a wonderful job. I do, honestly. <laughs> it, was, it was really, really wonderful. On, on that occasion, uh, she came, came in and 
to see what we were doing. And uh, I was called over because the, uh, the Duke of Edinburgh had presented her with a, a copy of her wedding bouquet that she'd had 70 years before. And she wanted to know what to do with it. And uh, I said, oh, this is just lovely because they will be actually the only flowers present in the room because everything else was just leaves and fruits. And so we just did a table with this bouquet on and uh, just ended up listening to her talking about the bouquet. And uh, that night on television, there was a a 70th anniversary um, tribute program on BBC and I was watching the footage of her 70 years before getting married and carrying that bouquet. And I thought, I was talking to her about that this morning. (laughs) And it's very unreal. You're very special. So, Paul, how how will you remember her? What would be your abiding memory of Queen Elizabeth II? Um, a, A lady who managed to blend both being a monarch and being a wonderful human being. Um, she she knew how to do her duty, um, but when it came to being with people, she would always put people at her ease. Um, she was a wonderful lady with a, a great Christian faith, and I think that shone through. Very much enjoyed our chat this morning, Paul. I hope your interview goes well, and, and thank you very much for talking to us. Thank you. And thank you very much for inviting me. All right, bye-bye. That's Paul Thomas of Paul Thomas Flowers, who's worked with the Queen on many occasions. Mary texts to say, Karen, my father, Jack Turner, heard that there was a shortage of daffodils for Prince Charles Investiture and sent 12 dozen by air to Wales just in time. Isn't it a shame someone hasn't asked New Zealand to send cheerfulness Narcissus or even possibly Lily of the Valley in time for the funeral? That's a great thought, Mary. It's now 28 minutes past 10, and it's rather fitting that the UK Poet Laureate Simon Armitage has penned an 18-line poem floral tribute to mark the passing of Queen Elizabeth II. And Simon Armitage has been the Poet Laureate since 2019. He was born in West Yorkshire and is a Professor of Poetry at the University of Leeds and a Vice President of the Poetry Society. And we have a recording of Simon Armitage reading floral tribute, which we'll play for you. And it is, as you would expect, distinctly different in style to, say, uh, the poem that was written by former Poet Laureate Ted Hughes uh, when, on the death of Princess Diana in 1997, he penned a a short, crunchy ten-line poem. It was titled The Flower on the Gun. Uh, I'll just read you the first four lines so you can get a feeling of that one. Mankind is many rivers that only want to run. Holy tragedy and loss make the many one. That was Ted Hughes, but Simon Armitage's poem, Floral Tribute, takes the form of a double acrostic in which the first letter of each line spells out Elizabeth. And Armitage said, It's a lovely name, but a name that she probably rarely got to hear very much because everybody had to preface that with ceremonial nominals. And so I was trying to be personal and write a poem of condolence, but without being intrusive. And there's always that sense of potential pomposity and sycophancy and cliche and you're stood at the edge of that so trying to write something small I guess about a very very big idea 
Well, the flower at, at the centre of his poem is the lily of the valley, which was included in the Queen's coronation bouquet. And as florist Paul uh, Thomas just mentioned and confirmed, it was one of her favourite flowers. And in floral tribute, Armitage addresses the Queen, he uh, offering her the flower as a gift in return for her lifetime of service. And he also uses the archaic name for the flower, Glovewort, which I guess it serves to remind us that the British monarchy traces its origins back to Anglo-Saxon England and early medieval Scotland. So here's Simon Armitage reading his tribute to Queen Elizabeth II, Floral Tribute. Floral Tribute. Evening will come, however determined the late afternoon. Limes and oaks in their last green flush pearled in September mist. I've conjured a lily to light these hours, a token of thanks, zones and auras of soft glare orbing the sprays and globes. A promise made and kept for life, that was your gift, because of which here is a gift in return, glovewort to some, each shining bonnet guarded by stern, lance-like leaves. The country loaded its whole self into your slender hands, hands that can rest now, relieved of a century's weight. Evening has come, rain on the black locks and dark Munros. Lily of the valley, a namesake almost, a favourite flower interlaced with your famous bouquets, the restrained zeal and forceful grace of its lanterns, each inflorescence a silent bell disguising a singular voice. A blurred new day breaks uncrowned on remote peaks and public parks, and everything turns on these luminous petals and deep roots this lily that thrives between spires and trees, whose brightness holds and glows beyond the life and border of its bloom. That's a floral tribute by Simon Armitage, the UK's Poet Laureate.